Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of Tiger Pops Podcast. And today we have Sakura, who's been on before, and Mirna. So I'll let them introduce themselves. My name is Sakura, and I love to read comic books, and I'm majoring in business major. I'm Mirna. I'm a mom of three, and I got into comic books pretty early in life. Uh, my dad has always uh, been a big encourager of all things considered nerdy or geeky. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah, and I want to actually mention you were you were saying in our conversation before this, and speaking of geeky, that you know you were saying like you feel like you're 31, and people were like, "Oh, you read comics." I um, was a snob. I admit I was, and I regret my previous position and my scorn because I think Midnight Poppyland is amazing and profound and deep. And I I tell all my friends who like make fun of me. I'm like, you guys know me. There's no way I could be spending hours every week analyzing something if it didn't have depth and content. So. Don't be judgmental and look past the surface. And just because it's in comic form, you know, in illustrated form doesn't mean it's not profound. Exactly. And I think that being older now, uh, I really care less what people are thinking, especially now that I have uh, kids of my own. And my motto is just people like things. So, yeah. Like you were, I think it's Sakura, you were saying that it's helping us out during the corona. And it definitely is. This has been like a lifeline for. For me, and I know for many other people as well. Right. It keeps us occupied, and it's been a escape for us. Like, even I know every human being will go through personal issues, but comic books will be an escape to everyone. Yeah. Exactly. That story. Huh? It's, uh, it's been great, uh, actually, connecting with my uh, oldest daughter on comic. She's been really getting into uh, manga and manga, and now I'm able to connect with her on something because we both read. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter's probably a bit too young. And honestly, I don't, <laughs> I feel like this is special. Yeah, I don't know maybe, maybe not, you know, some, some of them, but you know, some of them are okay. Others, maybe just wait a few years. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's dive into this episode because we have so much to talk about. And this episode as every week, just literally outdoes herself. And I was so touched <laughs> by this episode. I'm sure you Me all do. <laughs> yes. So to recap what happened in the last episode, last episode there, um, four of them, Tori, Papa, Cordelia, and um, Quincy are sitting in this restaurant and Cordy is egging Tora on, egging Tora on, egging Tora on, and just like digging at him. And finally, you know, the last thing she asked him, she asked him, was like, oh, what do you do for a living? And Poppy's trying to protect him. And she's like, oh, he's just a regular. But then Cordy's like, uh-uh, he can answer for himself. And Tora, you know, this is where we open up with here. He smashes, he stabs his food. And, you know, with this clink and he's looking at her with this like, whew, I don't know, it's kind of like dead, defeated expression on his face. So it's like blood on the bottom of the knife. And he says, you know, Papa's like, Tora, you know, and Quincy's like, what's going on? And he's like, I'm in the mafia. <laughs> That's where, where we ended off last week. We were all shocked and blown away. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I personally was looking forward to that. So, uh, 
I think that Cordy is just like she knew exactly what she was doing, and she she was I think that she was trying to gauge Poppy's reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, especially based on what she says at the end of the episode. Um, I think you're you're right about that. That Cordy is very deliberate. We we know yeah. she's definitely deliberate. We just didn't know what she was trying to get. Like, is she just trying to antagonize Torah? Like, we we figured already before that. You know, Quincy kind of commissioned her to um, make make Tora jealous and and um, make him, you know, be possessive of Poppy or whatever. But maybe more than that. And we'll we'll talk about that when we get to that line at the end of the episode. So Quincy's reaction. Quincy's the first one who reacts, and he spits out his wine. And this panel is hilarious. I didn't notice all the people <laughs> here, but got who it was maybe it was emily delancreet but somebody on patreon noticed they're like you know cordelia is wishing away to the right you just see like a word yeah she was like <laughs> and you know quincy both Tora and poppy's hair is like flying in their face from the force of the of the breath <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh-oh and of course he gets uh- it straight in her face <laughs> oh yeah and i just i just the, the second after uh, he spits it in her face. Just the blank looks on everyone's face. <laughs> with with Tora's with Tora's T Rex playing the guitar shirt. That <laughs> killed me. And Quincy was like, "Oh God, I am so sorry, Miss Editor." And then he starts to react. He doesn't even call her by her name. He's like Miss Editor. <laughs> it's such a, it's interesting. I don't know. It's a little childish of him, which is obviously that's Quincy. He's a sweet little mafia boy, but. My my favorite is definitely Cordy rolling her eyes at him. Yep. And, you know, he's like, let me wipe that wine off for you. And she's like, no, I can wipe it off myself. And I think that's what Cordy is, is reacting to. You know, that Cordy's oh, yeah. a very tough person and Quincy's a soft mushball. And, um, and you know, he's kind of like, he always is over the top with everything. And he sometimes does things that are, he's trying to help and he doesn't really help. Right. So Poppy's like, oh, yeah. I can wipe it off myself. He's like, no, I can do it. You know, he's, he's really eager to like fix the situ- fix situations. He's, he's, mm-hmm. He did that tonight with the dinner and he did that with signing the, um, signing the, the contract without even like looking at it. He just wants to fix things. It's like, no, that, let me fix it. And he rushes into things. He doesn't always make the best decisions. Right. I honestly think that is why he and Cordy work out so well. They have such complimentary personalities. Uh, I think, I, I can't wait to see more of them uh, together and acting off, like reacting off each other. But I think it's great because he's like, you know, this little, like, despite being the son of a mafia kingpin, basically, he's just like such a sweet little, like, almost like a child, like, and, you know, of course, his partner would be, you know, opposite of him, hmm. you know, right. the one that you would think grew up in the mafia. But like with Quincy, like, he's more different because, like, Quincy's more like, the nice guy and he doesn't really like associate with his father's legacy so he really doesn't like that side of his father so i feel like he's more like as a writer and you know most times he's like a soft like a softie and for quincy he's like like i don't know why i say this but like tour when they were i don't know from the last episode like tour was like talking to poppy he was like with quincy quincy's like a beat baby piece of you know and it's like really funny because Quincy's like clingy and I thought it was really funny of him <laughs> the fact that he he's really a soft yeah. yeah that's that's like the biggest irony of of this whole like situation is that Quincy's right. opposite of what you would expect him to be mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's funny because like when we're first introduced to Quincy, he looks like obviously you know Lily made him pretty fit, and so you you see him, he kind of looks scary. And I remember thinking like, oh, you know, at first like thinking a certain way about him. And uh, one of my friends who had read it before um, it had uh, become an original when it was still on canvas. Uh, she was saying like, just wait, just wait, just wait. And I was like, wait for what? He's scary looking. Like, and, <laughs> and of course, you know, like, of course, you know, first, uh, first impressions can be deceiving. And I, I, I'm glad Lily did it the way she did. Yeah. Right. It's more of a, it's just, it's a reverse, a reversal of your expectations. So it's more satisfying when you see something different. Right. So now Quincy is again trying to save the situation. He's like, oh my God, Tori just said he's in the mafia. Uh, let me fix this. He's like, look, he's just clowning around. See, he's not a gangster or anything. It's like, oh my God, he's so freaking not believable. He's like, he's actually my bodyguard. And, you know, he's just still wiping her face. And Poppy's like, your bodyguard? So he's not in the mafia? And he's like, of course he's not in the mafia. And Tora is like, Tora's still, you know, Tora's still sitting and his eyes like open wide. And he's like, oh, um, and Poppy's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was being rude. I apologize. I kind of assumed he was involved in some dangerous business, which is interesting. Like she feels like that. She has to apologize for assuming that, even though he was very explicit with her, you know, right. and dropping as many hints as he possibly could. And now she gets into, which would explain why he's forced to keep a distance from people because she's been thinking all this time, right? That pa- that Tora is saying goodbye to her because he can't be in a relationship with anybody. And, you know, she was like, it was hard for her. She was crying. I have to respect his wishes. And she was like, you know, really resigning herself. And now she's like, wait, he doesn't have to keep his distance from me. He, he rejected me not because he has to. And he's like, of course not. It is completely untrue. He doesn't have to keep a distance. This man is a social butterfly. Oh, <laughs> quick. Taurus face. Like, yeah, Taurus, Taurus face is the best part about this. And because this is, I mean, I think even Poppy is like probably thinking like this is the biggest lie I think I've ever heard in my life, you know, <laughs> because especially like if she even like glanced over at Tora's face right then, it's not just because he's sick. It's like it just it's just his face saying like, oh, like with like conveying to the reader, like, what is this guy saying? Uh-huh. And he's not even like, responding. So this is the thing like, well, let's talk about when he when he finishes the conversation, he doesn't respond. I can't figure out if it's because he's shocked or because he well, okay, so you know, let's finish this and then discuss discuss like the whole the whole defense and response thing together because there's a lot to unpack here. And then Poppy's mm-hmm. like, "Is that so?" And he says, "Of course. Trust me, he has a vibrant social life and tons of friends all around him." And you know, Tora's sweating, and again, he still isn't saying anything. And Poppy mm-hmm. says, "I see." So now here's the question. Um, so there's the question of why isn't Tora responding, and then there's the question of what is Quincy doing? Why is he stepping in? And then this question of what does Poppy think? So let's do one at a time. Let's, uh, let's hear from you guys. Um, <laughs> why, why do you think Tora isn't responding? Let's say, let's start with that. I kind of almost think that Tora is sweating it because he's thinking like, oh, I just, you know, said goodbye to her, did all this stuff. What is she going to think? And I think that he's at a, almost at a loss for words. Like, you know, he doesn't want to outwardly I feel like he's conflicted because he doesn't want to outwardly, you know, be like, no, 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 you know, that's, you know, I didn't, you know, he's not trying to defend himself because, you know, showing that he cares about her to put her in danger. But at the same time, he's probably sweating, thinking like, oh, my gosh, what is this girl thinking right now? You know, thinking that like right after she broke up with her boyfriend, 
what is she going to think hearing this stuff from Quincy after all that just happened? Yeah, that's good. What about you, Sakura? What do you think? I think the reason why he was so quiet is because I knew that from the beginning, from the previous episode, that he was really, like, you know, upset. And things really got really awkward when he was really angry and furious. And the fact that he, he just sits down for this episode now, I just feel like he just wants to be respectful and make it less awkward. Because now if he's getting even more angrier on the table, that's going to make it worse. So I feel like he just wants me like this, to be more respectful. So he just want to see like how Poppy feels. And I feel like he just wants to be more respectful, makes the atmosphere more or less awkward because Quincy has to like sugarcoat everything and try to make it less awkward. So he just want to keep the vibe more more like interesting than just being awkward right so i think i think that you know tying into why quincy is doing this i think yeah quincy is i think what like you were saying he's trying to make everything sweet and sugarcoat i think there's two things to, to quincy there's the fact that he's like oh i want my friend to like be happy and why would you know she shouldn't know that he's in the mafia and like they should just have love bliss happily ever after in a very naive way because he's like it doesn't occur to him that like you know if you're in a real relationship you actually have to know the other person well he's like let's have love let's have unicorns let's have peace right and he doesn't want them to um you know to have any uncomfortability and that's like a, a typical quincy naive thing but i also think there's another element which is um what Lindsay was Lindsay trekta from um the facebook group fast passers group she was saying right. that um you know quincy has just said that he's in the mafia in a public restaurant and like, that's dangerous. And, you know, he can't have people in the public just knowing this about Torah, right? Torah has been secretive all along because like he has to protect himself and, and everybody else. And he's just like, woof, just, you know, out of frustration or rage or whatever, just outed himself in public. So Quincy's like, okay, got a fit situation. Uh, no, he's actually not a mafia, you know, restaurant, public, people looking. No. So I thought that was another perceptive thing. So, that's definitely a possibility. Um, I was thinking more like... Uh, Quincy's like that because of the way he grew up with all of the, you know, violence. And I mean, in the mafia, there's a lot of backstabbing, you know, uh, historically, uh, you know, you've got moles, you've got, uh, you know, undercovers, you've got all sorts of stuff. So he would have grown up in a very chaotic environment, I think, especially with his dad being a psychopath like that. Um, uh, I think that this is Quincy, you know, this is almost like a coping mechanism for Quincy, you know, he just wants, you know, having grown up in such a chaotic, probably not very loving environment, uh, he wants, you know, he's almost like making up for what he didn't have in his childhood. Um, the only thing I can think of of him not maybe, uh, maybe not totally trying to out everybody or, you know, trying to cover up in public is that, I mean, Forrest got that huge tattoo on his neck. So anybody who probably knows anything about living there probably figured out that oh that guy's a mafia you know that that crest is pretty huge and visible um sure. but i think that i think that quincy is the way he is because this is him coping for almost like the childhood he lost he's very he's very a, a kind of almost childish because i mean he didn't have like a great uh you know childhood so that's fantastic. That's, I really love that. Mm -hmm. 
you know, my friends are therapists, so that's why I'm always, you know, looking in like, you know, what is their, what is their childhood? Like how, um, you know, and I'm just thinking that having a loss of the childhood, you know, he probably saw Torah get, you know, basically tortured by Vincent on a number of occasions. And, you know, I'm sure that's also adding to him feeling very protective of his friend, you know, uh, trying to make up for what his father did to Torah. Yeah, and, and it's so smart about that, the lost childhood thing, because um, I know, like, several people who've had who've had to be very, you know, adults, like, very mature during their childhoods because of their, you know, situation. And, yeah, I, not everyone reacts like this, like, different people react differently, but I have seen some people revert to childhood in adulthood, like, when, when they become adults and their situation eases up and they can finally, like, be free and relax, then they become like children because they never got to do it when they were kids. Right. Wow, I didn't think of that angle. That's really profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I, I was just trying to like put myself in Quincy's shoes, you know, trying to like think of all the things he must have. I mean, there's no way Vincent kept all of this from him growing up. Uh, right. Yeah. Now, Tora, I think another reason Tora does response, I think there's a few things. I think then there's like, one, he's just physically tired and he's just like, he can't keep up. It's like, he's just, he's so exhausted and sick. And then I think there's also this element of like, he can't contradict. Quincy, you know, Quincy just, you know, it's like, Quincy's like, no, he's not, he's lying. And like, for him to start an argument in public would just be, you know, he doesn't want to do that. What else do you think about why Torah is keeping quiet? And there's all dried up and your Miko's all intact too. So Quincy just mentioned that um, since he's already done wiping um, Poppy, Poppy was like, awesome, thanks. So, you know, I could feel that Poppy was like confused. I, I don't know why but that, why I said that, but I feel like she was confused because now Tora said the other thing and then now Quincy said the other thing. So she was like, oh. So that's why I get that feeling like, yeah, Poppy might be like confused or something. Right. So Uh-oh. so here's, yeah, here's like a, some, you know, the, the question is like, does Poppy believe Quincy or does she, you know, what is she thinking? That's a big question. I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys, you know, speculate. Ugh. I, I'm not really sure. Like, I'm kind of conflicted when she says, "Is that so?" Upon the first reading, I was thinking like she knows Quincy's lying because she could tell, you know, Tora's attitude and, you know, how he is, like, just how she sees him around uh, the few times she has seen him, that he does not seem like the type that's a social butterfly with a lot of friends. But at the same time, even so that's a very logical way of thinking, you know, and she, she, can't, uh, she's shown that she can be very logical, but at the same, same time, she just got broken up with not very long ago from with her, like somebody that she's been dating a long time, you know, and somebody that and like, once she was out of it, she realized, you know, like, Oh, why was I staying there so long? All this stupid. It's really easy to look back on things and, you know, wonder why you did things you did. But she's very, she's in a very vulnerable state right now. Right. So it, she might not be using as much logic as she normally would be. So, I mean, on one hand, she's a very logical person. She could be like, oh, Quincy's clearly lying because I've seen him, you know, obviously. But at the same time, because she's in a vulnerable state, she could be like, oh, so he was just like this with me. And here he is, you know, pushing me away again. What, you know, she could be, you know, wallowing almost in those you know, that self-doubt, you know, and she could be, it could be, you know, heartbreaking for her. So it just really depends on 
what Lily wants her state of mind to be right now. So, I mean, she just got right after she got broken up with by somebody she's been dating a long time, you know, in, in a very traumatic way. I mean, she walked in on him, you know, with somebody else, you know, that was a huge breach of trust. Right. Um, so um, on one hand, she could be thinking like, oh, Quincy's clearly lying right now. I've seen Tora. There's no way. But at the same, but at the same time, she could also be like, what, you know, almost be like, you know, like, what is it about me that's making these people push me away? You know, uh, after he went to that, the, on that whole thing, he got close to her when she was in a vulnerable state. And, you know, she could have, she was obviously um, attracted to him, attached to him. And it hurt her when he left. And now she's, here she is hear somebody else telling her like oh he's not actually like that at all and she's like oh well he was just like that with me so it could be very heartbreaking for her right now right but um yeah and i think right so that's like on that's the the perspective of like okay she's heartbroken and i think she definitely is because you'll we'll see how she reacts to torah a little bit later but also there's um um Lindsay, uh, no, not Lindsay, Sarah McIntosh from Facebook was saying something really interesting. She was saying that maybe Poppy doesn't really believe Quincy, but she feels like there's a bunch of delicate situations she has to walk around. She's like, okay, so she's in a lose-lose position, she says, that, first of all, she just signed with, uh, she signed Quincy on as an, for to be, you know, his editor. And, you know, this is something that we know is very important to her, you know, professionally and uh, to save the company. And, you know, she feels like she can't contradict Quincy because he, you know, she just signed him on and like she wants to make sure he's happy, like kind of like please the client. And then also um, she maybe doesn't want to have like friction between Quincy and Tora, you know, and have them start an argument with each other. And then also this was another interesting perspective. I don't think she feels this way, but I want to say it because I think it's interesting. She said maybe she feels like if she starts, you know, taking Tora aside, she quotes like she's like cavorting with the help. And like Mr. Lamb was telling her like, oh, you have to be professional. You have to dress professional and show up on time. And maybe it would be unprofessional of her to, um, you know, start taking Tora aside rather than the client side. And she just wants to like, please, Tora, please Quincy. Right. That was interesting. Possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, I think that's definitely a possibility. She's like, okay, well, let's just get, you know, because also, you know, saying, oh, I'm in the mafia. That's kind of a dangerous situation for her. You know, uh, she's not. She's not a dumb person, so she probably would know that, you know, that knowingly cavorting with somebody in the mafia is pretty dangerous. So she's just going to, you know, maybe, you know, maybe at the same time, she's just like, oh, you know, I'll believe Quincy because maybe because obviously if Tora's in the mafia, maybe then Quincy's got to be tied to it somehow. And she's thinking that maybe, you know, maybe it's like a save her own skin kind of thing, you know. Like maybe he can say, Oh, she doesn't know anything about Torah or his employment. So Right. She may just need more time to process this whole thing and be like, Okay, do I even want to be in this situation? So anyway, so now um Quincy gets into like this excuse furthering, you know, Torah's uh, an explanation for Torah's behavior. And Lily did mention this is part of an advertisement sequence. And I just wanna say, um, there were some people on Low Webtoons who were upset there was an ad within the episode and mm-hmm. I, like, I want to give it a little rant okay so people who have never had to make money in their life who are young don't understand that all this creative stuff is enabled by ads and the only reason that we can enjoy such wonderful content 
from Lily and from everybody and from musicians all over the world and artists is because of advertisements. And if we didn't have ads, the world would be a lot poorer of a place in terms of literature and art and, and, and television exactly. and everything. So we should be grateful. Right. Uh, right. Because my, my daughters are in ballet and my oldest one has decided for now that she wants to pursue it as a career later. I know how just how much they don't make. Hmm. And how much money there isn't in the arts and how expensive it is um, to get into it. But it, there's not a lot of payoff. So I had no problem with it. And also, it just reminded me a lot of like uh, K-drama and Chinese dramas. There's definitely product placement in those. It's like, have they ever seen any of these dramas on Netflix? Because there's definitely product placement in mm-hmm. them all the time. So it, I mean, having watched all of those, I had no problem with it. Yeah. Plus, you know, Lily works her butt off for this. She gives us this amazing, you know, episode every single week. She works, uh, last I heard on Patreon, she mentioned she works 70 to 80 hours a week, even with the help. And she needs money and we're happy to give it to her. Totally fine with that. Definitely. And she did not do it in a bad way. The way that she actually pulled it off, I thought was fantastic. It was hilarious. I think I thought it tied in perfectly and was hilarious at the same time. I thought that to myself to add on is that since I'm a business major and advertising has been very critical to, especially everywhere. If you go to YouTube and there's a lot of sponsorship from celebrities, you go to Instagram, celebrities would advertise their their products and that's how you make money. And for example, like if you, for example, Webtoon actually they make their own advertisements also on YouTube and everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's how... Uh, that's the reason why I got into Mid My Populin is because I don't know, they they give us like a story plot that makes us hook up into the, the comic so much so that's why I wanna add it in because just a little rant for out for a reason. So that's that's why I was like, Yeah, that's the reason why you can make your money out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean honestly Honestly, if, if it wasn't for Webtoon's advertising on Facebook, I never would have discovered any of these. It was, exactly. uh, same here. It, it, it was, I was just going, you know, scrolling on Facebook and I saw their ads for, uh, Laura Olympus and it looked so good. And I was like, oh, okay, let's click on it, you know. And that's the whole reason that we're all here. I mean, if it wasn't for advertising, none of us would have heard of any of these Webtoons. Definitely. If it wasn't for advertising, Lily would still be plugging away at a corporate job like she did before, and we would get like minimal content, and and our life would be poorer. So exactly now she has the ability to work on this full time, and you know, give us content plus be happy. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she did it in such a funny way. I I mean, I love I love Quincy's handle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's basically what is this? It's it's a game called Mafia Forty Two. It's a chat base. He's like, oh, Torah is hooked on Mafia Forty Two. He thinks we're in the middle of the game. Ha ha, funny guy, isn't he? Ha ha ha. You know, with his like nervous laugh. Mafia Forty Two. What's that? It's a chat based mobile game, and there's a picture of this, and you can play it for free. One of our buddies got it. We're playing nonstop. Yeah. And so there's Gayu, who's Gayu Kaku, and then there's Princess so, yeah. <laughs> And you know, they're they're messaging, and they're like, you know, players are assigned to be either on the Mafia or Citizen team, and you have to like kind of figure out who's who, right? So Gayu Kaku is like, I come in peace. Princess is like, vote wisely, kids. But the heart, of course, because he just can't. He can't. Like, he just is always this affectionate person. And then random one is like, okay, but this guy, Torfor, isn't saying anything again. Random two. I know, it's actually starting to annoy me. Does he actually know how to play this game? And then... (laughs) And here we are at a cafe, right? It's a very original name. It's called a cafe. And... (laughs) um, 
you know, it says the aim is to avoid being killed off by convincing others that you're not who you think they are. Now, Quincy is, Quincy B, right? He's dressed in this, these white pants and this beautiful flamingo sweater. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. <laughs> he has such a better sense of style than I will ever have. Quincy, please come dress me. People on the Facebook group have already shared, like, you know, sweaters that they found that are similar to this. So you can be like Quincy if you try hard enough. <laughs> I'm more like Tora the way I dress. <laughs> There's a lot of black. So. Shade colors always. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. That's the big contrast between them, right? Like, Quincy's light, lighthearted, and like Tora's, like, oh my God, you know, dark. And then Quincy's like, come on, Dora, type something. You can't let them get suspicious, so you'll be voted out again. And, you know, like the fact that he was voted out again, right? It looks like he's been, you know, voted out before. And Tora, like, sweating bullets. He's, you know, he's cursing. He's like, shut the fuck up, I'm thinking. And, you know, you can see he's like, interestingly enough, like, he feels, it seems like he can't think under pressure when it comes to this game. But, like, and this is the guy who says this. He's like, uh-oh, I think Big Bro Tora is the mafia. Poor guy can't lie to save his own life in a game come on, big boy, you can do this, which is interesting because like, Tora is very honest. We know that, but like he has all these defense mechanisms and skills that he's developed in real life to protect himself, intimidation and what, and, you know, verbal masking, uh, facial masking. But in the game, he can't, he's like defenseless. <laughs> yeah. I think that Tora, um, just because of his upbringing probably doesn't have the best social skills. <laughs> um, and I think that it's easier when he's in person because he can just intimidate somebody he can you know he's very he's a very intimidating person so i mean he just, without even having to try but when it's just over like you know the phone you know in a in a mobile in a mobile chat based game he's defenseless so it's just he'd have to use his words and that's not something that he was ever raised to do so that might be why he finds it so difficult to try and Whereas Quincy kind of has like the gift of gab and he's very, you know, you know, personable and very, you know, chatty. So it's a lot easier for him. Whereas Taurus is like, well, great. I have none of my normal defenses here. Yep. And it's very sweet how like, you know, Quincy, uh, sorry, Kai Gaia was like, come on, big bro, you can do this. You know, he's being all supportive of him. It's really cute. We and all need a friend like Kai to be supportive of us. Even right. Though- and it's interesting, you know, Tora is the more the physically uh, intimidating one of the three and the, the more, you know, the strong one, the powerful one, the one that's scared by everyone else is scared of him. But his close friends know him and they, you know, they're like a support system for him. They know his vulnerability. They know his weak points and they're there for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's probably the way he got through his life whatsoever is having friends like Quincy and Gaius. Right. You know, having those people to, you know, um, you know, have his back because that's, you know, in a, in an organization where everyone's gunning for the top, that's got to be difficult to find actual friends who care about you. Exactly. Yeah. But unfortunately, their efforts are for naught because as we see, player Tor 4 was executed. (laughs) 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 And, you know, random three, that guy sucks. Seriously, I bet he's the mafia. I think you're right. He's probably the mafia. Quintess. Oof. Sorry, boo boo. I tried. And then player Torfor has listened to the game. What the fuck? He rage quit. Loser. The guy was like, oh my god, big bro. And then you see this adorable panel of like Tora with his hand up in the air, looking like he's about to throw the phone down. And Quincy and Gaiu are wrapped around him. They're like, no, don't. <laughs> we all see how Tora is with his electronics. Mm-hmm. He's like raging, like, but then like two of his real friends have to like control him 
because it's like you're going like going in like in a club like you're upset of someone because you see that one person and you want to fight them but you got two friends like hey stop stop it's not worth it it's like that so Tor is like a type of person that would be very like how do you say he he will rage but then later on he needs to have like bystanders to like stop him I think that I, I can I can understand him there because I think that We've all had those moments, especially with technology, where like, oh, the stupid thing, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have a guy you getting me new phones, so I have to be very nice to mine. <laughs> you don't have a, mm-hmm. another phone left. Mm-hmm. Right. Every time, every time Tora breaks it, he has to find another one. And then, you know, Quincy is like, no, Tora, they don't actually know you're in the mafia for real. Chill. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. But, but at the same time, that actually makes me realize that Tora does take things by heart. Because as you can see, like throughout the whole episode, I realized that he is pretty sensitive. And when it comes, because you know that when he, he, since childhood, he's pretty damaged. And, you know, I understand where he's coming from because he's human too. So he does take like little things by heart. So, yeah, he really is. I agree that he's sensitive. Yeah. You couldn't think it. And then, you know, now we get back to like the restaurant and, you know, you see him like wanting to fix the situation, right? He stands up, Quincy is, is surprised and he tells Poppy, let's go outside. And I was happy because I was like, okay, you know, he wants to talk to her. He wants to explain things to her. I was, I was like, oh, finally things are going to be cleared up. You know, he doesn't want her to think any, you know, badly of him and that he was lying. And Poppy's like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, outside now, I need to talk to you. And you see, he's like starting to look bad. Like he's sweating. His hair is covering his face. He's puffing. So he's like, he's physically deteriorating. Yeah. Like this is, uh, you know, I don't think people realize that emotional things can take a physical toll on you quite a bit. And I think that, you know, he's been kind of pushed past his limit at this whole gathering. He's already not feeling well. And, you know, he obviously cares for Poppy and it's really affecting him because when she's looking up saying, I'm sorry, what? You know, I was thinking of me whenever I've been hurt, you know, you know, like if somebody's hurt my feelings, yeah, I've been, I've been married for quite a while. And, you know, in the earlier times, you know, we were still figuring out each other. There was definitely some times that, you know, uh, my husband was trying to fix the situation and I was just not ready to hear him. So I was kind of sassy about him. And that's what I took her saying, I'm sorry, what? It's kind of for almost being like a little sassy towards him. Like, oh, now you want to talk to me, you know? Like, <laughs> Right, after yelling at me in public in front of everyone, now you want to talk to me privately. Yeah. After this whole idea, ordeal, now, now is the time. Now you want to fix it. Like, I could, uh, man, I could almost like feel that. I don't know if that's what Lily was getting to. Maybe she was just startled, like, oh, now you want to talk, like, what's going on here? But I can almost Maybe putting myself in the character a little bit, I can almost hear her going like, "Oh, okay, now, now's the time. Okay, gotcha." <laughs> yeah, we do, we do sense that she was hurt because she, you know, in the past with with all the feeling like, you know, was he lying to me? Was he just rejecting me because he didn't like me? Why was he saying he can't be with me and Quincy saying he can? Because she, you know, she looks up at him for a panel and then she looks down, looks away, and says, "No, thank you. I'd rather not." Whoa. <laughs> I was yeah. I was like I was shocked when she said that. 
Yeah, and also I would like to point out something because remember the time that when Poppy actually, you know, when Tori was upset when they were going to their the first um, I don't know if it's a date, but like they just wanted to meet, but they went to the sushi restaurant with um Alice, mm-hmm. and when Tori was really upset, he ra- he just like run off, like he just walked away because now she, um Poppy knew about the what's her name um uh, Inspector Nate. And later on, once she keeps stopping him, and then later on, he was like, and then later on, he was like, what do you want from me and all? And he started throwing tantrums. And then what What did you know that I realized that when I was thinking about it, Alice stopped them and said, stop Poppy and said, let him go. Because if he has a problem, then he has to deal with himself. It's not your business to get into it. And plus, he, she gives like a, a, a relationship advice that if he really wants you, he would get it. He would have like get you by himself. So when Poppy like that's why I was thinking that maybe Poppy probably was like you know she probably was like you know what I'd rather not get involved with his business. I don't want to know. So if he has a problem, he could deal with himself. So she did probably take Alice's advice, you know, because you can see that Tor is really upset still, but I feel like that's why Poppy does not want to get involved with his his temp. His um anger issues and his problem, his temper tantrums. That's a really good point. Maybe she also feels like, yeah, maybe this is not, you know, he's maybe she feels like he's not in the right mood to really discuss things calmly with her. Maybe she feels like he's just going to yell at her again. Mm-hmm. Definitely possible. That's awesome. On the, on, on the flip side, though, she just might be really hurt. Um, right. You know, uh, like I'm just thinking back to my experiences, you know, dating. Uh, you know, getting hurt and, you know, just being out there. She was vulnerable with him, uh, several times. And then now she feels she could possibly, and this is just hypothetically, um, that he just rejected her, you know, after she got close to him, got vulnerable with him, you know, she told him some, some pretty like vulnerable things, like about like how she felt about, uh, jewelry and all that stuff going on. And then he just basically is like, no, no, I can't see you anymore. And then she, here some Quincy like oh yeah you totally can <laughs> I mean I'm pretty hurt um so when she says like no thank you I'd rather not it's almost like it almost feels like for me like maybe this is just a defense like she doesn't want to hear his side of the story because you know maybe she'll get vulnerable again maybe she'll just hurt her again you know yeah and you know but this is like shocking like Quincy gasps you know he looks aghast I think he I think he recognizes, you know, he knows that Tora doesn't often make requests like this. And he understands when Tora is, he's not, he's not completely obtuse, right? He understands that Tora is making an emotional request. And I think he's right. really, he's really shocked by her refusal. And then there's a panel of Cordy, you know, Poppy's still looking down. She's looking really tragic. Like she, Poppy's looking sad. Like she knows, I think she understands that it, it'll hurt him, but she is just sad. She's just sad all over. And Cordy's, Cordy's looking at Tora now. She's gauging his reaction. She wants to see how he is reacting to Poppy and her, her fists are bald. Somebody noticed um, on, on Patreon that she's bald her fists and, you know, maybe, you know, preparing herself to react defensively in case Tora attacks her again. And Tora's expression in the next panel just, just broke my heart. He looks so wounded and so aggrieved and so hurt. Like, you know, she doesn't even want to talk to me anymore. You know, like, oh boy, have I messed up. Like everything is just going out of control for him. 
you know, he's tried to protect her. Quincy's bringing her right back into danger. Quincy's lying. He's making her think that, you know, he's a liar and like someone who doesn't care about her. And now she doesn't even want to hear him talk. Like the one person who was willing to judge him openly and not judge him negatively. And the one person who was like, you know, treating him kindly and hugging him. And like, now she doesn't even want to talk to him. I mean, that expression is and and he's like again wetting and huffing, you know, he's just looking terrible as well physically. I think he like realizes that he probably hurt her pretty badly. Uh at least I think. It seems like and I think he probably feels, you know, he sat you know, we all know that, you know, despite his exterior, he is a pretty sensitive person. And I think that even if he you know, you know, knowing her and knowing how like sweet she is and how he's trying to protect her the fact that he actually hurt her i think would be devastating to him and he's pretty guilty about it too you can see that yeah uh, i can't you know i can't believe lily can give us all these emotions in one panel we just can read all of this in it's perfect amazing ah uh, my heart is breaking this whole time it's just like just me too <laughs> The fact that she could like break our hearts like that while he's wearing a t-shirt with a t-rex playing like it's a car off bravo lily yeah that's sick right because in, in the sense of pathos you know here he is this grown man child you know he's he's normally intimidating but now he's at his lowest point he's wearing like childish clothing because he's feeling like you know terrible he's reverting back to childhood like emily said and he's just being put down all the time. Like, he's just going through a really bad time. I think that she, that she drew this panel as it was. Like, she didn't just draw it so that you can see his face. She drew it so that you could see, you know, the shirt that he's wearing. And it's almost like making me think that maybe she's trying to convey that, you know, despite everything, he really is, like, just a wounded child inside, you know, um, that, you know, doesn't want to hurt anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same right. time, doesn't admit that he's scared or upset. Um, going back to that uh, that one episode where uh, he was in the cage with uh, Vincent, and ha- even though there was like tears running down his face, he said, "I'm not scared," you know. Uh, and I'm thinking that maybe this is like her trying to, you know, almost harken back to that. Like he's not, he looks sad, but he's not really saying anything. He's, you know, kind of got, you know, that face on. It's maybe him like you know trying to protect himself as well he knows that he hurt her and he feels bad about it but he's not going to outwardly you know say like feels that he's not going to be the person to be like to to out outwardly display that um he feels bad about it because he is also protecting himself like he did when he was a child mm-hmm. yeah i wonder what he would have said if she had agreed to go outside like what would he have said maybe he would have apologized maybe not we don't know but We'll see a bit later what he does. So there's something, some clue. So anyway, they're interrupted by the waitress. <laughs> Perfect timing. She's like, pardon me, what end did you like to try a wine promotion for the evening? You know, impeccable. I wonder if she was like, oh, okay, uh, let's break up this tension now. And, you know, everyone's kind of like frozen. Poppy's looking down. Cordy's looking at Tora. Tora's just looking, you know. And then Quincy, because he's like a baby and he doesn't like conflict, right? It's... um. Right. He doesn't understand that conflict is sometimes good, right? He he just wants to right. avoid conflict. He's like, oh, thank well, God, it's action. Well, he's only ever seen like bad conflict. I would I would mm-hmm. think, you know, so any conflict to him, he doesn't realize there can be good conflict. Very good point. And the waitress is like, we have a special order offer that's ending in an hour's time, and he's like, yes, I'll have a glass each for the three of us. And the waitress is like, great. What about you, sir? Would you like some? 
And Quincy, you know, interesting, like just like Poppy jumped to Torres' defense and answered for him, you know, by saying, oh, you know, Torres is just a regular guy. Quincy also jumps into his defense. He's sweating. He's like, oh, that's a pass for this gentleman. He doesn't drink much. Sorry. You know, he's like waving around. Waitress is like, sure. Now, Cordy, being a jerk, is like, really? A tough guy like Torres can't hold his liquor? You know, with that smirk of hers. And sorry. sorry, go ahead. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. So you can see that Cordy was just like teasing Tora because I feel like she is always going to keep making Tora angry and very put him in such a bad mood. And you can see that um, that's that's how I feel like he's sorry. She's going to make it really awkward at some point. So then I don't want to like because I see that on Patreon, not everybody likes um, Cordy's, but at the same time, I don't really find nothing bad about her, but it's just how she could be very sarcastic at some point. Right. So I, I had mixed feelings about Cordy. Towards the end of this episode, I, I had a reason to like Cordy, Cordy again, but I didn't like Cordy because I was like, she mistreated Quincy and she didn't seem to care about him. And now she's just antagonizing Toro the whole time. But I think um, let's discuss her again when something else comes up, because there might be a little bit of redemption to her. Mm-hmm. I, just, I feel like she's a chaotic neutral. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Such a sarcastic person. That's what I see. Oh, I think she's doing this all on purpose. Like, I think that, uh, you know, maybe Quincy told her what's going on and she's, she's doing this on purpose. I think that, uh, you know, later on, uh, gave me more confirmation for this, but, uh, I think that I really do think that she is antagonizing them on purpose with very, like, almost like, a psychologically masterful way you know she's hoping they're uh for his weak point and getting him to open up Mm-hmm. yep i totally agree i think that's very true and um well we'll talk about a little bit about it when we get there so right. um for now quincy's like not at all cordy he has his reasons for not drinking and for one he doesn't like how it makes people and this is very um telling you know before that, Tora has already not drunk, you know, not at Alice's, not at not at Chevy's. And it seems like he doesn't like how it makes people act, right? Now, it's very likely that Tora was um, abused by people who misused alcohol. Either Vincent, you know, could have used it wrongly and, uh, you know, just been more violent than usual. Or maybe the whole reason that he even was is not with his parents and was able to be taken in some manner by the Waltimans is maybe because his parents were alcoholic. And I know my, my husband was raised by his mother was alcoholic and so was his stepfather. And it really destroyed his life, their life and his life. And he didn't touch alcohol for since till he was like a, a grown grown adult, like till he was older because he didn't he was so traumatized by it. Mm-hmm. Right. And my husband grew up um, being a lot of alcoholics and he doesn't he did for a while and he didn't like the way it made him feel. And so he doesn't he didn't anymore and I don't either because I also have seen bad people so you can it's almost like you know you watch other people and you learn from that almost and if you see like every time we see Vincent he's got a drink in his hand every panel that he's in right and I think also you know a lot of people were saying how Torah always has to be in control because to protect himself to, to do his job he must be in complete control so he can't let himself let go like that right but Tora is willing, just like he's willing to let people think he's gay, he's willing to let people think he can't hold his alcohol, you know? He just doesn't care. He's like, yeah, I can't hold my alcohol. You got a problem with that? You know, very accusingly towards Cordy, looking angry. 
And then the waitress was like, okay, I'll just make myself scarce now. Damn you, Judy. You owe me one coward. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she looks pretty scared. And at the same time, she's pretty intense. She, she sees, sorry, she sees Tora being, being in a bad mood right now. So she's like, you know what? It's none of my business. So I'm going to just move aside. I, I love it because obviously she's saying she's calling out, you know, one of her fellow waitresses who was too intimidated to serve their table, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, Tora is there's a there's a certain confidence about him in his willingness to be judged by other people. And he's OK with other people thinking things about him that aren't necessarily true, both with the gay and this, you know, he's like, I am who I am and I don't care what you think of me. And I mean, a lot of it is also because he just already has such a negative self-image of himself that he just like, whatever, pile it on, add more and more thing. You know, he doesn't have to defend his honor because he just doesn't value that about himself that much. Uh, but I think there's also a certain kind of um, something admirable in that that is actually emotionally healthy where he's like, whatever. And then he's also he's just so angry. Right. And he wants to let release that anger somewhere. So he's like, well, Cordy just said something mean. Let me go bitch at her. You know, I can't I can't yell at Poppy like I like maybe I want to. So I'll just go express my rage at, at Cordy. And Cordy just just said something back. She said, why should I have a problem? You do you, honey. Oh, wow. I misread this. I can't, I thought she said, you do, hun. Why should I have a problem? You do, hun. Wow. Okay. I totally misread what she said. I thought yeah, she was I, like, did you also? Uh, like at first, so I have dyslexia. So at first I thought, I also thought uh, she said that. I thought that she was like trying to pick another fight. Like, you know, like, oh, you have a problem. But then I reread it because I have to read things like three or four times. And I was like, oh, this is probably a very unexpected response that Tora wasn't anticipating because, you know, everybody, you know, in their mafia world wants to fight him. And here she's poking at him. And she's, but then she just kind of leaves him with, like, I don't have a problem. Go ahead and do it yourself. And it's, I feel like it almost like caught him, it would, it would catch him off guard. Right. It's pretty manipulative because she's like, Oh, did I say something? Me? I didn't say anything. What are you talking about? I didn't say anything accusatory. Like, right. you know, she's like, you know, poking him and then withdrawing. Poking him withdrawing. And he said, ice water. Like, you can see that he's really, like, upset. And I know now he's in a bad mood. Well, she got, she kind of got him. Like, he's getting all upset. And then she, you know, over what she's saying. And then she kind of almost, like, cut, cut them off. Like, saying, like, why, why should I have a problem with this? Like, you know, you have to do it. You do what you do, you know, and like I think the fact that she cut cut him off and like because uh, he's more, he's used to people like continuing to antagonize him, you know, wanting to fight him and stuff like that, and she just kind of cut him off. I think that uh, not only did it catch him off guard, but like he, you know, now now he can't, you know, like fight her, you know, mm-hmm. you know, physically or you know, verbally or anything like that. So now he's got all that bottled up inside him too. <laughs> Yeah, and the way you know the the way he's drawn in these these episodes, you see his canines a lot. You know his his grimacing so much that his mouth is open and he sees the, his you know sharp teeth. So it's just like it's a lot of pain he's in, honestly. And um, you know he's huffing again, he's sweating, like he's just looking like really in bad shape physically. And because he talks so briskly, the waitress you know freezes and she's also sweating. And you see now the panel cuts to Poppy, and Poppy is like looking like oh like you know her, she's frowning and she's probably thinking like you know this guy is so aggressive and he's just like yelling at everybody yelling at even at the wait staff making them you know feel like crap and you know 
Torin notices that because he then looks back at the waitress and, you know, he says, please. <laughs> right. And that's kind of referred to, um, remember the time that um, the last, before the previous episode when he went to the airport to run errands for Mr. Lamb and Mr. Lamb actually said, tries to like teach him how to be polite and have some manners. So pretty much he just wants to like, you know, I don't know who, I mean, how do you say he wants to like teach him how um how to have some proper manners, and then later on tour I kind of remember and he, and then he was like, please. So you know, it does kind of bring back to uh, Mr. Lamb. Right, and it also is uh, Poppy in there in her apartment when she told him, oh, I know that you're the one who saved me. He's like, what do you want me to say? And she's like, you can say thank you. Right. So she was also teaching him that. And then if you mm-hmm. remember on on Regina's peak, she said to him, um, she said. That right, like he was like he hugged her and he was like, oh, you know, come back and hug me, please, or something like that. And he said, please, or say thank you. And so she was like, oh, good try, you know. So she, it's like a thing between them that like she was trying to teach him like manners, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Poppy does does notice it, you know. You see her her blush a little bit. She does. Yeah, you can. She looks almost surprised in the next panel, but then she starts to frown. Also, she was. I feel like. I feel like in the in that next panel after after she was surprised, she kinda almost looks defeated a bit. She does. Like I, think- I mean, you know, there's this guy, like he's obviously trying still, you know, uh, you know, and the stuff that, you know, they went over, you know, how she's saying, like, oh, you can say thank you or, you know, or nice cry or stuff like that, but I feel like it's still you know, she's definitely surprised, you know, that oh He's, you know, saying please and trying to be, have manners, but at the same time, then she, I think that she kind of goes back into almost that defeatist mode, that, you know, self-appreciating mode, like then, you know, almost like, why, you know, then why was he acting like that towards me? Why did he tell me, you know, we can't see each other anymore? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Tora does sit down, and Quincy looks over, and looks over at him and he sees that he is sweating and he you know he's like hey man are you okay he's really concerned and he says you look kind of pale and sweaty and now they're all looking at him and they you know having this wide-eyed glance and now she's looking concerned for him as well and she says is it as cold maybe you should take him home now quincy and he is really like tired and i feel like he was so you know I feel like when you're sick, sometimes when getting angry or being in a bad mood kind of makes it worse. So you kind of waste your energy. So right. I know how that feels. And then, as being said, now Quincy's like sugarcoating because he said, don't worry, this guy's tough ass. Mm. And then later on, he fainted and he said, nail. <laughs> and then Tori yeah. did faint it. And that's when things kind of like get really concerning because everybody's... Now Quincy's like worried. Now Poppy was like taking action, so you can see that on the panel right there. So she's like Tora, and then now Quincy starts panicking. So like, oh my god, bro, what is happening to you? And Quincy yeah, like, just like, like just chilling. She just doesn't care. <laughs> well, she actually she does. She says I'll get the bill, and she does look down at it with some concern in her eyes. So she. Oh yeah, yeah. I, see. Gonna... <laughs> I feel. I feel like this is a very. Um, just to go back to the panel before where Quincy's like, what is happening to you? I feel like this is like probably the first time that Tora has ever been outwardly vulnerable around anyone. Right. Even Quincy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, 
he didn't have to go to this whole thing. He knew he was feeling bad, but he went anyway. Uh, you know, like I, I think more than just the driver, he stayed through the whole thing. I think that if Poppy hadn't been there and he, it was just in somebody else that he would have probably just dropped Quincy and left, mm-hmm. you know, but he saw that Poppy was here. So he stayed and he put himself through this. And, uh, this is probably surprising to Quincy because he's probably never even seen Cora in this kind of a, um, in a situation before because Torres never put himself in this kind of a situation before. It's true, right? It's kind of sad. Like, you know, you would get the impression that if Toro was ever sick before, since he's a human being, he must have been sick. He probably just was isolated and lonely and just went by himself. You know, he didn't expect anybody to take care of him. He was just, okay, I'm going to be ride it out by myself in my apartment. Yeah. And Quincy was like, you know, he was patting him, but that pat made him fall over. (laughs) And yeah, and then, you know, he's Quincy's like, come on, bro, say something, you're scaring me. And um, Poppy puts one hand on his shoulder and she, the other hand is like feeling his forehead. And she's concerned now. She's really like, she's wide open and then shocked. And she's like, feels like he's running a really high fever, is burning up. He was pushing through the whole night, might have exhausted himself. Tora, can you hear us? And Tora's, <sighs> this next panel, I just can't. I know. Melted. I'm melted. <laughs> so. Tora's on the floor and his eyes are closed. He's looking like crap and she's stroking his forehead with his hair and he's saying, Bobby. And she's like, haha, I'm right here. And then he apologizes. This poor guy, after he fell off the chair, he's defeated. He's just finally broken down. I think, I think there is a measure of release over here. You know, I think that he did allow himself. I don't think he, some people are like, did he, you know, fake it? I don't think he faked it, but I think he did allow himself to fall down because he just gave up. And I think that he does have some level of trust in them where he's like, where he allows himself to be completely vulnerable in front of them. And, and he's at this moment, he's, he feels bad and he apologizes to her and he said, sorry, was being an ass to you, you know, with his like last breath, he can barely talk, but he wants to apologize. Like that's like the most honest thing about him. That's what's coming out in his most low moment and his most vulnerable moment. That's what is, that's what he's feeling. He's sorry for being sad to her, for being bad to her. It was also in pretty stark contrast to how they started the dinner when he said, when he used her full name, you know, when it's like that last episode, he said, why is Poppyland here? And he's never called her by her name ever. Uh, and, but here, you know, after they've gone through everything, uh, he's calling her Bobby again, you know, his little nickname for her. So, you know, almost like, it's almost like, you know, uh, his tough, you know, ex- uh, but I don't know, it wasn't necessarily a front that he was putting on, but this whole tough, like, act that he was doing, like, uh, seems to have been broken through. And mm-hmm. now he's, you know, back to calling her by his nickname for her. Yeah. It, right. It shows that, like, deep down, he really, he just really does care about her. And he sees her in that affectionate way. Right. Oh, I can't. I, I just, I could stare at him forever. And, you know, Poppy is touched. You know, she went from being hurt and angry to being all concerned for him. You know, she's wiping away tears in her eyes. Tor- Quincy behind her is, like, biting his nails with tears running down his cheeks again. You know, same, same like, it's a little crocodile tears, you know, because he's a drama king. But, and she's like, it's fine. We'll talk when you're feeling better. You know, now she's being understanding. And she's like, it's okay. Don't worry about it now. We'll talk later. Which I, I'm, trust me, looking forward to that talk. And she's like, are you okay? Can you get up on your own? We'll take you to the hospital if you're feeling bad. You know, she's concern for him right <sighs> now he opens his eyes in the next panel he does manage to open his eyes just a slit and he's staring looking at her with this like beautiful glint in his eyes and he says 
I'm not dying. Don't need a damn hospital. Just cold and tired. Want to go home. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Which is like, which home does he talk about? By the way, like I'm very yeah, curious. Really kind of go. Does he mean his own home? Quincy's home? Her home? Oh. And of course, you see, you know, he has taken even in his tired fatigue, he wants to touch her. He just placed his hand on her wrist while she's, you know, stroking his forehead because he just really wants that comfort of touching her. It, just, it kind of almost reminds me of my kids when they're sick. You know, uh, there's been a couple of times where they weren't feeling great, um, not necessarily sick, but just maybe just not, weren't themselves, you know, weren't feeling themselves. And, you know, they cuddled and they're like, I'm so sad, I want to go home. You know, it, it almost like makes me think back to that kid in the cage, you know, who's just like, you know, scared, but, you know, and he's being, he's almost like releasing that, you know, like, you know, he's being vulnerable with her. Like, I want to go home, kind of like a, like a, like a scared kid, you know, to somebody that he trusts and he comforts him, you know, right. which most, most kids would be their parents, but, you know, he didn't really have that. So it's coffee. He's the only one yeah, giving him any sort of like real love and affection. Definitely. And, you know, I love, I think that both of them recognize that even though they just had this big spat and argument and they exchanged harsh words with each other, I think they both recognize that they really do care for each other and they can trust each other because they go, Poppy goes from angry to concerned in a second and he goes from angry to pleading and vulnerable in a second also. So I think, you know, they both recognize that it was just like this temporary argument between them where they got heated up and angry, but they really do care about each other. Right. Right. And to mention about something since you guys actually point out like you know this is like the first time that he actually get like affectionate not like affectionate but like he you know i feel like quincy never seen the side of tour like being like that sick because he always sees the tough side of him but i feel like since i feel like tour does need that type of affection and love because you know i feel like that's why I feel like he's pretty much appreciative towards um Poppy because I feel like, you know, she was able to save him. She was able to um show love and affection, and she even when they're angry or mad at each other, they will remain to like love each other, no matter what. Aww. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely some, you know, they care about each other. It's pretty obvious that, um, I think that when um these panels like you can see Cordy looking at both of them you know throughout this this whole episode and I think that it is pretty obvious that they both care about each other maybe not to them in the moment you know maybe it's not obvious to Toria, Tora that Poppy cares about him or Poppy that Tora cares about her but I think it's more obvious to people looking in on them yeah. in that moment yep and and then Quincy starts to like became became um She's starting to panic, and he's saying, help me out, Sugar Plum. That man bol- man's made of a boulder. I can't carry him on his own. So just so you know, Taurus really strong. And, yeah. <laughs> Taurus is huge. I can imagine trying to lug that guy around. Mm-hmm. And Claude. And then, you know, from the ep- other episodes, the beginning of the episode, Claude, if you know him, he's the one wearing the glasses. And his yeah. eyes, his eyes were like red because of Tor putting the cigarette out. That's when you can tell that he's really strong because he cannot, he cannot like escape from him. So, yeah, and wasn't he supposed to be like an MMA Fighter. champion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, you know, and that puppy looks like a little more cheerful here, maybe because Tora put his hand on her and she's giving him a little smile and she says, okay, don't worry, hang in there. We'll get you back home immediately, okay? And I wonder if she is more cheerful because he, you know, put his hand on hers and she feels like she recognizes that he needs her. Right. Mm -hmm. <sighs> My heart. <laughs> I know. I can't. I can't. But we, okay. And then in this next panel, which is the best, he says, okay, just like, just like a kid. Like, he can't even say anything. He closes his eyes again. He's feeling so bad. He just barely can say anything. And Poppy has moved her hand down to grasp his, and she's holding his hand. You know, she, maybe she remembers how on the porch, how much he loved holding her hand. And in Quincy's house, how he was holding her hand. And she knows that can provide him comfort. Yeah, I think it's really, like, it's just so intimate. Like, I know people don't think of it that way, but holding hands is a very intimate act, very. you know. I think it's super intimate, yeah. I mean, I grew up, like I said, like ultra-Orthodox religious, and we didn't touch people. Like, you don't touch until you're married. You don't touch anyone of the other gender. And, yeah, so whole hand-holding is super intimate for me. <laughs> like, it just makes me think of back to, like, when you first start dating anyone or first start showing interest in anyone, like, that thrill you get from, like, just holding their hand, you know, just a little <laughs> bit, you know, that it means so much, you know. It's, it's, it's a huge, like, it's, it's a little thing, but it feels huge, you know. Yep, it is. It's really sweet, and you know, you know, Tora has never had that before. He's never had anybody to to love him and to stroke him and to hug him. Even Alice and Joe, like I'm sure they, you know, we know that they've done a lot for him, but I don't get the sense they were touchy feely with him. Right. So this was very rare for him. And also to point out something is that um, remember the time that um Quincy and you was on you Ronzo was on the phone with each other about um Tora sending like cute pictures and all but he kind of mentioned about Quincy was actually mentioning about oh he used to be with this girl the strawberry hair girl so mm -hmm. he was used to be with someone but it wasn't really meaningful that's what I assume and also there wasn't really so pretty much like Quincy was like oopsie like you know I should not mention about that because yeah because Quincy actually knew that he was with not like with someone but he was actually like used to love someone before because, you know, he never experienced like that. But in the end, I just, not like in the end, but like now when he sees Poppy, he, there's more meaning to it. Yeah, we, we're not quite sure what, yeah, who the um, strawberry girl is, but, and what that means. But yeah, that's definitely a theory. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, and as he's holding her hand and she's holding his hand, there's another panel of Poppy just looking all concerned and loving, really. And now you see this next one. She puts her hands on top of his. So oh. he's rounded, you know, sandwiched. And there's a, a squeeze. So they're squeezing each other's hands. What oh. a He's such a baby. Oh, I can't. I just can't. I really, like, can't talk more. Because it's just, like, we have to, like, devote time to properly emotionally absorbing this sentimental sentiment and just this glow and gush and moo goo and like just melting everywhere right i could stare at this forever but i think the podcast people since they don't see they're just not going to appreciate this silence <laughs> right oh, but yes we could stare there forever but we won't so now um almost at your core bro yeah 
And Tora's car is parked normally, people. When he's sick, <laughs> that's how you know he's sick. Okay, he parks like a normal person. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I actually did not notice that until you just brought that up. Like, Tora actually isn't, well, there's no lines. But if there were, he'd be inside the lines for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> and... So Cordy and Quincy are bringing him in. They're like, and you go, big guy. Careful, Cordy. Watch his head. Poppy's holding, is holding Cordy's um, helmet. And Pop, you know, Tor is just like lying back there in the chair, his mouth's open. You can tell he's like barely moving. And now this is a very revealing uh, question, you know, very revealing two panels. Cordy asks, is looking at Torah and asks Quincy, so did you get the answer you were looking for? And Quincy says, I guess. And then Cordy kisses Quincy on the cheek and says, it's not as bleak as you think. Cheer up. Tell you more later. Usual place. I have a few more hours to kill. And Quincy's looking so happy. He's blushing. And so this tells me a couple of things. What does this tell you guys? Like, what did you infer from this? I I really think this uh, this, this just confirmed for me that she was doing all of this on purpose, that she was pushing buttons on purpose and really gauging how they were feeling towards one another and, you know, gauging their reactions, you know, um, I think that, I think that that's exactly why she brought up. What do you do? You know, what, like, and was uh, letting Tora answer for himself and told Poppy, like, no, no, he's a big boy. He can answer for himself. I think that she was looking at pop both of their reactions really. But um, I think that she knows that, Unique, like, you know, Quincy trying to be like, oh, no, no, he's not in the mafia, you know, trying to, he just wants it all sunshine and rainbows. I think Cordy, you know, being complimentary to mm -hmm. Quincy, knows that, like, no, she needs to know what he does and she wants to see her reaction towards it. Um, and that gives her, you know, giving her kind of like a, like a, like a sense of how Poppy feels about it, you know, because most, you know, women when finding out, uh, that Torres and the Mafia, it could either go two ways. One, you know, maybe somebody like Candy, the uh, stripper from the previous episodes, who like, you know, wants the big bad mafioso type guy, or you know, um, more like other people would be scared off by that. And so she was trying to gauge Poppy's reaction. I think. Yeah, and somebody was actually mentioning also that because Tora, uh, sorry, of course Cordy is. We know she does. She says she's a legal practitioner. So we don't know what that is. Maybe she's an, you know, some people are like, maybe, you know, she's an interrogator or, but she definitely maybe has a background in like reading people and that maybe Quincy asked her to come here and help him, her read the situation. That's definitely possible. And then off she goes. She's waving goodbye. Poppy did the same thing. And while Quincy is watching her leave on the motorcycle. So yeah, I actually want to go back to like her her last interaction with Quincy, she tells, she tells him, it's not as bleak as you think, cheer up. And I'll tell you more later, each will place a few hours to fill. So a few things from this. I think that first of all, she is correctly infers. She's more, she's less emotional. You know, she's more detached and she can think more logically because she's not emotionally involved with these people. So she recognizes, you know, Quincy's like freaking out. Oh my God, they're fighting. Uh, he told her he's in the mafia. He's sick. Like, he's just like, what's going to happen? And Courtney is more level-headed and she can see, you know, the fact that they they like each other, it's good. It'll end up good. You know, it's good for them to know, like you said, it's good for them to know this about each other, to get to know each other honestly. So, and uh, the other thing that I like was that 
she finally is redeeming her behavior towards him where yesterday she was brushing him off or the morning she was brushing him off and like, oh, I'll see you when I see you, whatever, whatever. Like Quincy's like, oh, please spend more time with me, please. So now she's actually being affectionate to him. You know, she's kissing him on the cheek very cutely. And, you know, he clearly loves it. He's blushing. He's like very kiddish and he's like really enjoying it. And, you know, she says usual place. So that means that they have a usual place. So I wasn't quite sure how, how much they knew each other before because it seems like maybe like a flyby kind of thing. But it looks like they do know each other more. And she, you know, is nice to him. She's like, I have a few more hours to kill. And she knows that he loves spending time with her. And she's being affectionate and giving him her affection. Well, I think another thing is that, um, you know, despite all of the earlier, uh, you know, icy behavior be- uh, between Cora and Poppy, I think that she realizes that Poppy's going to go take care of him. She's, uh, and that's why Quincy will be able to go meet up with her later, mm-hmm. is that she there's almost like a perfect situation here where they're going to uh where they're going to go back to the house she knows that Quincy can't drive um you know because she clearly knows him more than just a flyby type thing um so I think that she's basically trying to set it up so that um Poppy takes care of Cora Ooh, I didn't I didn't realize that extra level of planning and masterful manipulation good job (laughs) nice Cordy She's a master. <laughs> yeah, like Tora also is quite masterful, but you know he's meeting his match. <laughs> yes, definitely, it worked. Nice. Yeah, so she drives away on her motorcycle, looking all cool, and <laughs> um, now she's like, "Okay, we have to get going now. I'll sit up front with you." And Quincy is so cute. He's like, "Oh darn it!" I was like, "What was wrong?" And Quincy, with his cute, like, "I'm a cutie pie, please forgive me" expression, he's like. I can't drive very well and it stresses me out, but I can't leave Tora's car behind. He'll kill me. And Poppy is like incredulous. What? You can't drive very well. And he's like, unfortunately, yes. Having almost been the cause of six major road accidents, I'm what you'd call a safety hazard. But at least I have enough self-awareness to keep myself off the road. Don't judge me, please. He's so cute. You know. He is so cute. And like, I, know. It, I mean, it definitely feels like he's telling the truth here, but it almost seems like he's uh, like if that is Cordy's plan to have you know Poppy come take care of Tora, it almost seems like he's feeding into it here. You know, like oh, I'm gonna need I just you know I'm just so terrible at driving. You're just gonna have to come with us. You know. Well, she was gonna come with him anyway, right? She said that, but but yeah, yeah, I think so. That may be why he has Tora drive him everywhere. Because I was like, when he pulled up with the yellow car, he's like, drive me. I'm like, what do you need Tora to drive you for? Well, he needed Tora in general, actually, but right. um. But like, you know, why does he need a tour to drive him around? But also I can totally see Quincy being a bad driver. Totally. Definitely. He's hilarious. Just hilarious. Just a little cutie. <laughs> and then next thing you know, Poppy was just like not saying her anything. Face. And her face was just like, mm, this is going to be some good situation for me. So she's going to do the drive. I could, you can tell right away that she's going to do the driving. <laughs> I love it. I was actually wondering because, like, you know, uh, Poppy doesn't have a car, but and that uh, for a second there, I thought, oh, she doesn't have her license. This is going to be fun. Um, but mm-hmm. she was driving that uh, scooter. little scooter. Yeah. But I don't, do you need a license for those? I, I think that in some places you don't need a license. You need a license, yeah. Okay. That's what I was wondering. That that yeah. was that was my thought. Being like, can she, can she have it? I also was not sure if she has, but we'll find out, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, some people were thought that she was smiling because she was like, oh, yeah, I get to drive Taurus' car, and like she's into that. 
I thought she was much smiling at Quincy, just because he's so cute. <laughs> Childish. That would be hilarious though if she was like, "Oh yeah, I get to touch his car now. <laughs> I can drive it." A lot of people obviously made you know the jokes. Oh, she's driving his car. <laughs> oh, whatever. Huh. Oh, funny. So that ends the episode. What do you guys think of the episode overall? I loved it. Me too. It was such a cute episode. It need it was it was an adorable episode and it was definitely the confrontation, you know, the that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like that I mean, you know, he could have just he was just trying to say goodbye to her and it was like you know, and when he after he did, we're all like, Well, what now? You know, like well we know that they're gonna have to get together at some point because otherwise and then the story ends, but how is this gonna happen? How is she gonna get them back together again? And thought it was done masterfully. Right. Yeah. I thought it would take weeks. I thought it would be like, oh, you know, five weeks later and, you know, and Poppy's like being all lonely. But no, she does it the next day. <laughs> yes, but exactly. But it's funny because, you know, I can tell that that's like a soulmate connection because, you know, what's so funny is it's funny. It's not like a soulmate. It could be like a twin flame is because the fact that, you know, when you really love someone, like it just happens. But then you can't avoid it. Even if you try to avoid it, you cannot mm-hmm. You can't avoid it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just meant to happen. Yep. Yeah, I can insert story here about my husband and I, but yeah, longer it's a longer story, but yeah, we had that also. Like, we were both back together after we broke up, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we tried to get away from each other, but we couldn't. <laughs> I also love that she did it when they were still probably really raw and hurting from, you know, still, you know, the wound is still fresh from them having the part. Yeah. Yeah, and Poppy's, they've had like a very tumultuous two weeks, especially Poppy, given the, the breakup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, you know, whirlwind for them. Right. Well, uh, I was also surprised because I thought this episode would be a lot more confrontation and it would end with like Tora stalking out and like them being not, you know, not having any understanding. But it did end up with a more, you know, with a reconciliatory note. And I appreciate that because there's a limit to how much pain our hearts can take. Right. Right. <sighs> well, what are your predictions for next episode? My prediction for next, <laughs> next episode would be um, Poppy's going to drive. <laughs> and then probably going to um, her house. No, not her house. But I think she's going to drop off Quincy. And then, you know, on... She's gonna go to her house and put Tor in place because I don't. I knew that she doesn't know where Tor lives, so that's like the only place that she can put him into. And I know that Poppy would be like, gonna be, I don't know how to say, but like she's gonna shock Tor because so many times she's always shocked Tor. Comes from mm-hmm. from Airy Street. She goes to Airy Street by herself. She always, and then at the same time, she um, I don't know. There's a lot of things in mind that she had done that shocks that shocks him hmm. what do you think um marina i think that they are going to um uh, she's going to go over there and i feel like quincy is going to leave like oh i need to go you know make an excuse and, uh, and leave to go meet cordy and leave them alone and i think that they are going to have their heart to heart and i think i think that things are going to progress from there yeah like Tora tell her like why he did that and like you know reassure her that he wasn't just like you know trying to blow her off you know like having fun and then blowing her off and stuff like that and 
I think I think it's going to be really emotional and raw. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I think that he might need some time to recover first. Like I feel like right now he's he's in a state where he would probably need to rest a little bit before he can have a, a conversation. But yeah, right. I think that will happen afterwards. Right. I, I, I feel I just feel like it's coming up pretty soon because he is in a very vulnerable state. And, you know, like you saw after he passed out and was on, on the floor being physically vulnerable, uh, that's when he was more vulnerable with her. Mm-hmm. You know, saying like, I'm sorry, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, and calling her Bobby again, you know, like his, his wall is down right now. He's weak. His wall is down. So I feel like things are going to come out. Right. That's a good point. And um, I was thinking like, where, where are they going to go? Right. So, you know, she's, Poppy's been to Quincy's apartment. So we know that. And, you know, maybe she, she might bring him to her apartment. We don't know. I was thinking like, I don't think it would be a good idea for them to go to his apartment, you know, in terms of like of Quincy leading her there because, you know, then she would know where he lives and that's like not safe. But, um, but if she would see where he lives, I think that might bring out another element of sympathy from her side because then she would see like he lives in this destitute place and there's nothing there. It's barren. There's no home, you know, home comforts. So I think that might bring out an extra element of, of concern from her. Right. I feel like he's going to call her sweetheart again. <laughs> oh, well, she'll call him sweetheart. I can so I can so see her being all over him and just, you know, gushing all over him and, Oh, and people, uh, plug for Patreon. There is Patreon Secret Garden number, I think, 74 it was. And I didn't, I don't remember the numbers on myself, but other people have brought this up. There is a Patreon that, a Secret Garden that is related to this that y'all should check out if you are not a patron. And I am a patron. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, the listeners. I know the people who I have on the podcast, I think they've all been Patreon supporters because we're obsessed. But um, if anyone is, who's listening does not have Patreon, you should totally check it out because there's an awesome secret oh. garden that's related to this that you will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Let's not spoil it anyways. But yeah. Yeah. It's just really awesome. Mm-hmm. Funny, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, next episode is going to be amazing and I can't wait. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so, so much, Mirna and Sakura for coming on and sharing your insights and your analysis. Thanks a ton. Thank you Thank so you much. much. I appreciate it. Yeah, this was awesome. Catch you later. Okay, Thank Bye. you. Bye.